Welcome back to the Dersh Show. Um, all that's missing is the wits, and that's provided by our listeners and our viewers and the people who write comments and write letters, some of which, if we have time, I'll read today. Um, the Supreme Court today uh, revisited uh, an issue that had divided America uh, over the years. Do you remember the wedding cake case uh, where uh, a wedding cake artist, somebody who designed wedding cakes, refused to design a wedding cake for a gay couple that was getting married. The case went up to the Supreme Court, and the Supreme Court punted, uh, sent it back, and said, well, maybe we'll revisit the case at some other time. Well, today they decided to revisit the case in a different context. It's not today a, a wedding cake maker. It's a web person uh, who designs web invitations and things relating to weddings and marriages, and uh, the web person said, uh, claiming religious freedom, that she would not uh, help and design uh, anything that has to do with gay marriages. If you're getting married, if you're heterosexual, fine, she's happy to do your business, but if you're a gay couple, male or female gay couple, now go elsewhere. But there's a public accommodation law in, in Colorado which says if you're in business like that, you have to take everybody. You can't say, you know, no Jews allowed, no Muslims allowed, no blacks allowed, uh, no women allowed. You can't say that. You're, you have to be <clears throat> open for everybody. And so the question is, can that Colorado statute be upheld in the face of a challenge based on religion or free speech? Before we get to the legal issue, I want to get something off my chest, and that is, I think there are people who have strong objections to gay marriage. But I have to tell you, I have real doubts about whether those, uh, whether those concerns are really based on religious concerns or on other social, political, bigoted concerns. Why do I ask that question? Because religion, whether it be Christianity, at least some aspects of Christianity, Catholicism to be sure, prohibits many things. Uh, it prohibits divorce. It prohibits anybody who's been married from getting divorced and getting remarried. Oh, you can get an annulment, but you cannot get remarried within the church if you've been divorced. When's the last time you heard a cake maker or a web maker saying, wait, wait a minute, I, I, I marry people and help people get married. I bake cakes for them and I do the web if you've never been married before. But you have to fill out a box here. If you've been married before and you're not a widow and you haven't had your marriage annulled, if you've been divorced, uh-uh, I can't do that. I have a religious prohibition against that. And you can actually cite, you can cite provisions in the New Testament. You can cite provisions in Catholic theology against that. But when is the last time anybody ever, ever refused to cooperate with the marriage of one person who's divorced or two people who are divorced? And so people pick and choose what they claim is a religious prohibition. And I think the people who focus on gay marriage, eh, there may be reasons other than simple religion for focusing on that. Um, be interesting to get some letters from religious people, particularly from people who are in religions that they say prohibit gay marriage, but that also prohibit marriage between people who have been divorced. Justify it. Explain to me 
how you can willingly participate in the marriage of divorced people and you can't participate in the marriage of, uh, of gay people to each other. Look, I grew up at a time when it was against the law in many states, Virginia, the case went to the Supreme Court in a case called Loving Protect, very perfectly titled case, Loving versus Virginia with the Supreme Court, finally held that it's unconstitutional to, for a state to prohibit marriages between a black person and a white person. But for years, for years, uh, it, it was forbidden. It was a crime. It was a crime. It was even a crime to have sex between a white person and a black person. And some people rooted that in the Bible, the Hamite myth. And, you know, you can find, look, the devil can cite scripture. We know that. Um, and bigots can cite scripture. And progressives can cite scripture. Everybody can cite scripture. And the question is whether scripture trumps the Constitution. Look, anybody can cite the Constitution, too. You know, you have provisions in the Constitution like equal protection of the law, the due process of law, the freedom of speech. How do you define those things? Cruel and unusual punishment. What's cruel to one person is not cruel to another person. Is it unusual? Well, if we outlaw it, it'll become even more unusual. So we have open textured documents, both in the Bible and in the in the Constitution, and when the Bible and the Constitution clash, if they do, and I'm not conceding for a moment that the Bible is as clear as some people say it is about gay marriage, I actually have a cousin who's a professor of Jewish literature at, I think, Potsdam University in Germany, and he wrote an op-ed for the Times, and he's written some extensive articles showing at least that the Jewish Bible may have a more permissive view of uh, of homosexual sex, although the words of the Bible are pretty clear. Uh, uh, a man who sleeps with a man as like a woman has committed an abomination, almost as bad as eating lobster, because that's an abomination too. So, uh, you know, uh, people who think they take the Bible literally, I always ask them, literally? You don't keep kosher. You don't do things that the Bible prescribes. You know, the Bible says you're not allowed to wear a suit or a shirt that mixes wool and lemon. It's called shotness. How many people have ever observed that biblical command? Uh, it's a much, much more powerful biblical command, for example, for Jews than wearing a kippah, a yarmulke. There's nothing in the Bible about wearing a kippah. Moses didn't wear a kippah. But uh, there is a prohibition against mixing linen and wool and whatever. There are all kinds of prohibitions uh, in the Bible. You also have to burn witches. Um, the last time we burned a witch was quite some time ago, although in London, England, there was a witchcraft trial during the Second World War. It was more complicated than that, but it was actually a witchcraft trial. So, you know, and the Puritans tried witches. We know that. And, uh, and, and the Bible prohibits witchcraft and, and, and has a particular procedure for how you deal with, with witches. So, so, you know, citing the Bible to me, I want to know, are you being consistent? Are you using the Bible, etc.? Interestingly enough, the Supreme Court, in granting review, did not cite freedom of religion. The woman who refused to do the website said uh, she was refusing to do it because of her freedom of religion. She said that, Miss Smith said, 
she intends to post a message saying the company's policy was a product of her religious, religious convictions. But the question on which the Supreme Court granted review said nothing about religion. It says whether applying a public accommodations law, that's the Colorado law that says you have to serve everybody, uh, to compel an artist. And when they use the word artist, it sounds like maybe you're going to come down to his side. They didn't say a businessman, a woman. They said an artist. To compel an artist to speak or say, stay silent violates the free speech clause of the First Amendment. Do you know what comes even before the free speech clause of the First Amendment? Congress shall make no law respecting an establishment of religion or denying the free exercise thereof. And then free speech, free press, right to peaceably assemble, to petition the government for redress of grievances. But the Supreme Court didn't grant review on the basis of uh, freedom of religion. It granted review on the basis of freedom of speech. And the dissenting judge in the Tenth Circuit in the court below, probably his dissent probably is what caused the Supreme Court to grant review, he also didn't talk about religion. He said the majority which he disagreed with, of the Tenth Circuit, takes the remarkable and novel stance that the government may force Ms. Smith to produce messages that violate her conscience. Her conscience, not her freedom of religion. Her conscience. Boy, is that a broad decision. Of course the government can make you say things, they often do, that violate your, your conscience. Um, people are compelled to do all kinds of things. People are compelled to serve in the army even if it violates their conscience. There's no constitutional right to be a conscientious objector. There may be a statutory right. Um, and people are compelled to say things. They're compelled to file income tax returns. They're uh, compelled to give medical information. Um, and they're sometimes compelled to be silent in, in, if the government interest is sufficiently compelling. So we're going to have a pretty direct clash. And now, you know, we have nine justices. Um, and last time, I think there were eight. Uh, and maybe there were some disqualifications. I'm not sure. But the, the case was sent back. Now I think we're going to get a decision. And I think I can predict that uh, three justices of the Supreme Court, the three liberals, will probably say public accommodation laws trump any free exercise or religious or conscious a point. Uh, that's those three. Then there are probably three on the other side, um, Gorsuch, uh, Thomas, uh, for sure, and um, not so sure uh, about uh, anyone else, definitely, positively, but those two. And then we have the justices who are right center, um, the chief justice, who generally favors religion, generally favors religion. He is a, a religious Catholic. Uh, the Supreme Court has uh, a majority of Catholics uh, on it uh, today. Um, um, but uh, he also favors some civil liberties. So we'll see. Chief Justice Kavanaugh uh, and Barrett, we'll see how they, how they vote. Um, not completely clear to me how they'll come down. Um, so it will be a divided vote. There's no question. If I have to make a prediction, if I have to bet widows and orphans money, which nobody can afford to lose, uh, 
I would come down on the side of free speech and free exercise and against gay rights. Um, I think the current Supreme Court is going to split that way. Now, of course, if you're a believer in originalism in the Constitution, uh, then this is not a hard case. Uh, there's nothing in the Constitution about gay rights or gay marriage. Uh, indeed, at the time of the framing, it was a crime to engage in gay activities, even in the privacy of your home. And uh, there was no such thing as gay marriage. It would be outrageous, and the framers of the Constitution would scratch their heads if somebody said, constitutional right of gay marriage? No, no, it's, 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 it's not there at all. The question is, does due process now include, does the equal protection of the laws now include? Uh, it's interesting that the Equal Rights Amendment, which was not passed, it was passed by, initially by Congress, but not by enough states, did say no discrimination based on sex, and that might well cover um, this kind of uh, discrimination, at least if it's done by a state actor, whether or not it's done in the context of a public accommodation law by a private actor becomes an interesting and even more compelling question. So I don't know for sure how the Supreme Court's going to come out, uh, but I think the fact that it granted review in this case um, suggests to me that it will probably come out in favor of the web person's right not to provide a service to somebody who she fundamentally or some activity which she fundamentally disagrees with. The question is, how far will the decision go? Um, what if people have a, an objection to, a conscientious objection to marrying a, a, a white uh, person to an African-American person or a Jewish person to a Muslim person? What if they have a conscientious objection to doing that? Or, or what if somebody says, look, to me, marriage is holy, and I will only do it if it's a religious marriage. If it's a secular marriage, I'm not going to help anybody. I'm not going to bake a cake, and I'm not going to do web service. Um, you know, originally when slavery uh, was being justified by many people in the South, and you know, when I used to teach a course at freshman Harvard College called Where Does Your Mor Morality Come From?, I would uh, give them some of the writings that were done in justification of slavery, and people were shocked. Of course, today nobody could even begin to justify slavery. But in the 1830s and 1840s, brilliant people, ministers and politicians, uh, wrote these great essays um, uh, in favor of slavery. Uh, and one of the essays that I, I gave them compared uh, the life of the slave to the life of the day worker, many of them Irish immigrants who came off the boat from Ireland, um, this was you know, during the potato famine or just before, just after, and were put to work as day laborers. Nobody cared about them, and they died at very young ages because they weren't owned by anybody. If one worker didn't come in the next day, another worker would come in. And so this argument was, at least slaves are property. You don't want to destroy your property, so you're going to take good care of them. Of course, ridiculous, ridiculous arguments in the sense that you know, you're separating families, you're taking children away from mothers and fathers, you're breaking up married couples, you're denying people the right to learn how to read. Don't get me started on how horrible, horrible, horrible 
uh, enslavement was and how difficult it is for somebody like me who has tremendous admiration for people like Thomas Jefferson and George Washington to understand how they could own a human being. It's just incomprehensible to me, but it happened. It happened. And so, you know, there are justifications for, for everything. People can justify just about anything. You can justify it ideologically. You can justify it biblically. You can justify it in a secular philosophical way. Remember, Nazism was justified by great philosophers like Heidegger and, and others uh, who wrote in justification of Nazism, um, uh, citing, you know, citing Hegel and, and Kant and, uh, and, and, and German philosophers and even British philosophers. So, again, where is the limiting principle here? If you can refuse to serve somebody based on they're being gay. By the way, this woman says she'll serve you if you're gay. She has gay customers. She just won't work to effectuate a gay marriage. That's for the distinction she makes, but you know, that's not a distinction of constitutional merit. It's a distinction based on, on personal wishes. So, you know, what if a person said, look, I, I, I don't believe that Democrats should marry Republicans. And you know, if, uh, if, if, if James Carvel and, and, and Mary Madeline, uh, remember them? James Carvel, the raging Cajun, is great, uh, radical, lefty, uh, pragmatic, you know, it's the economy, stupid Democrat, marries this conservative uh, Republican. Um, what if somebody says, oh, no, I'm, that's a mixed marriage. I'm not going to perform that. Uh, I don't think Republicans should marry Democrats. I don't think Democrats should marry Republicans. Uh, you know, people today are so divided. Um, uh, you know, I think there are people who would, if I were, I'm married, I'm happily married for almost almost 40 years. But uh, if I were today wanting to get married, I'd probably have a problem getting some rabbis to marry me. Temple Emmanuel won't even allow me in its front door. Um, and they have banned me and, and, and canceled me, as, as has the 92nd Street Y. So... Is the Supreme Court going to say, basically, that all forms of cancel culture, even if conducted by the government, are legal or done under the sanction of the government are legal because of religion or because of an ideological view? We're divided enough already on ideological views to worry that uh, it will it will happen uh, even more. So, very hard decision. Um, I could argue both sides of this case. Um, I'm not going to argue this case, but I could argue both sides of this case. I could make a valid constitutional argument uh, in favor of free speech, uh, and I could make a valid constitutional argument in favor of the law. It'd be interesting to see what side the American Civil Liberties Union comes in on. They obviously favor gay rights and they favor the right of privacy, but they also favor freedom of speech and freedom of expression. And can you make somebody do something, say something, use their artistic talent in, in a way that violates their conscience or violates their religion? Not an easy question. I think I mentioned the other day that I see a big difference between the right of a woman to choose abortion and the right of gay couples. Morally, I see a big, big, big difference because there's no excuse for anybody caring about 
two gay people getting married. You know, if, if, if you love somebody and you want to marry them and you're human beings and you share common philosophy, get married. It's not my business. I don't lose anything. My, my love from my heterosexual love for my wife is, is not diminished by somebody else's uh, lesbian or gay or any kind of, of love for a person of the same sex. So I just think the old American slogan of mind your own business, you know, that was on some early American flags. In addition to don't tread on me, mind your own business is an old American philosophy. Uh, Louis Brandeis talked about the right to be left alone, right of privacy. So, you know, I think gay marriage morally is a very easy issue. I don't care what people do in the privacy of their homes. I don't care what they do under the chapel. Uh, but when it comes to abortion, it's a much harder question because it is people's business if they really honestly believe that the fetus is a live person who feels pain and at a certain stage in the period of gestation maybe has some sensibilities or other things. I don't know. I'm not a doctor. I'm not uh, somebody who, who is an expert or a scientist on this issue. But I know that people feel very, very strongly and understandably strongly that killing a potential life of a fetus is very different than tolerating, tolerating uh, uh, sex. Uh, you know, it's interesting. I had a debate a couple of years ago, or not, it wasn't even a debate, it was just a speech I gave in the young Israel of uh, one of the towns in Miami Beach, uh, in the Miami Beach area, a modern Orthodox temple, synagogue, and I talked about civil liberties, and I talked about my support of gay rights. And a woman from the audience raised her hand and said, I can't sleep at night. I can't sleep at night if I imagine two men having sex together. I just, it upsets me so much, and I think the state has the right to take into account my sensibilities. I just can't sleep at night. You know, that was the argument that was made against birth control in Connecticut before Griswold versus Connecticut was decided. Some people said just knowing that there was a birth control clinic in New Haven, they couldn't sleep, they couldn't sleep at night. So I became very rude to this woman. I did it very politely. I did it with a smile, but my question was a very rude one. I said, ma'am, do you mind if I ask you a question? She said, no, go ahead, ask me a question. I said, when you have sex with your husband, are you on top or on bottom? The audience gasped. How dare I ask that question? She said, I'm not going to tell you that. It's none of your business. I said, aha, aha. What do you care more about whether or not it's a man and a man or a woman and a woman than I care about whether you're on top or, 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 or on bottom? It's none of my business and it's none of your business. And I was shocked because this modern Orthodox synagogue, very religious Jews, gave me a standing ovation for doing what I thought really maybe pushed the envelope a little too far. I actually walked over afterward and apologized to the woman and said, look, I'm, I'm a professor and I like hypotheticals. And so I really wasn't asking you your personal views. I knew you wouldn't tell me. Uh, I was really just asking hypothetically, 
is it my business whether a couple engages in one kind of sex or another kind of sex? No, that's why we have doors. And that's why we have closed doors and bedrooms. And that's why we have privacy rights. And it's none of my business how people have sex in the privacy of their home. Now, you know, the answer that people give, yeah, that's different than marriage. Marriage is something that the state does. It certifies it. It puts the imprimatur of the state on it. I don't think that's right. It doesn't put the imprimatur of the state on anybody's marriage. You walk in, you're a man, you're a woman, you get married. You walk in, you're a man, and you're a man, you should get married. There's no imprimatur there. So we'll keep watching this Supreme Court case. We'll see what happens. Uh, again, I, I, I can't predict. I can't predict. Uh, it's interesting that I got a lot of letters yesterday, lots and lots of letters about the Kim Potter case. I, I think I got one letter that supported the conviction and the sentence. Just one letter that said, look, she uh, did something terrible, uh, she made a mistake, and negligence can sometimes be a crime, and gave me some examples. That was the one, I think 50 or more letters all said, no, it shouldn't, it shouldn't be a crime, it isn't a crime, and the sentence of two years is, is way excessive. But interestingly enough, um, I, I, I also got, and I got my, a lot of those letters, and I can read those because that's yesterday's show, but I got a bunch of letters today. I hadn't even decided what I was going to talk about when I got these letters. In fact, some of these letters may have inclined me to talk about this. It was the Supreme Court Granting Review that really talked about it. But this is a long letter from Keith. I'm only going to read the, the last paragraph in which he says, there is no historical basis for the recent discovery of a right to sodomy or homosexual marriage in the United States Constitution. There just ain't. If the ethics of the community have changed so radically as to approve of sodomy or homosexual marriage, then the legislature should amend the laws. Such changes are the essence of democratic communities. He has a point. He has a point. It would be much better if the legislature did it. Did you see that Recently, I think it was the legislature of Columbia recently um, uh, decriminalized abortion. The legislatures in Ireland, in Italy, the two most Catholic countries in the world, um, uh, have now decriminalized abortion. You know, American legislatures don't do things like that because, you know, it's hard to get legislation passed and if there's a very significant number of people who are against it. It's 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 going to it's going to fail, but it would be it would be much better, obviously, if it was done legislatively, and over time it will be done legislatively. Um, you know there 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 was many many state statutes that criminalized and and had long sentences for just forget about marriage, voluntary sex between. Uh, gay or lesbian couples. Mostly it was applied to gay men, obviously. We know tragic stories of people who, who committed suicide. Uh, the man who you know, invented the computer, the guy who, the Apple uh, uh, symbol is probably uh, based on, uh, committed suicide. There's, there's some evidence that Tchaikovsky, uh, the, great, the great composer, uh, committed suicide. Um, uh, you know, writers and others have been driven to it. Um, it, it, you know, but but for years, Justice Chief Justice Chief Justice uh, uh, Warren Burger 
in a decision that proceeded by a couple, maybe two decades, the decision constitutionally permitting um, um, homosexual sex had written that homosexuality is worse than rape. Um, it was terrible. I actually walked out on him. I was speaking at a, an American Bar Association convention a week after he wrote that decision, and it so outraged me that although I was the speaker, when he walked in and everybody stood up, I said, I cannot be in the room with a bigot like this. This was the Chief Justice of the United States, and I'm just some poor lawyer. And I said, I'm going to leave the room now. And I, this is a good story. So I walked out. It was the Hilton Hotel in New York. And I walked out. People were appalled at me. I've never been invited back to the American Bar Association because, you know, he was the Chief Justice of the United States. I walked out of the building, and um, in front of the building was one of these open-air vans where people were on the microphone, and they were protesting uh, the Chief Justice. And um, I grabbed the microphone. And I said, this is going to be my Ich bin ein Berliner moment, uh, John Kennedy. And, and, and I got up and I said, I was unmarried at the time, so this is a long, long, long time ago. I, I, I get up and I said, um, today I stand with you, not with the Chief Justice. Today I am a homosexual. I said that. Um, um, of course, it, it, it wasn't the case. I was just making a symbolic point. But my mother saw it on the news. And my mother called and said, we'll take you to the best doctors. You don't have to advertise it. Don't worry. We'll still support you. No, mom, 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 mom. I'm, 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 I'm heterosexual, to, to quote Seinfeld. Not that there's anything wrong uh, with that. And um, about two weeks later, I was arguing a case. And my associate arguing the case with me was a young woman young, about my age. I didn't, wasn't going out with her or anything. But my mother saw me with a woman, and she was so thrilled she knitted her a sweater. Um, so, you know, the bias against homosexuality um, is, is very deep and, 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 and very pervasive, even among good people. My mother was a really, really good person. She just didn't want me to be gay. And I think, you know, she, she believed for a moment, I explained to her, of course, but she believed for a moment. And, um, but I wanted to show support for the gay community. And I did show my support for the gay community by walking out on the, on the Chief Justice. Uh, and so my heart, my heart is with the gay couple that wants to get married and use the website. My brain, on the other hand, is a little conflicted because my brain supports free speech. My brain supports freedom of religion. But in the end, I hope the Supreme Court will come out on the side of gay rights, but I predict that they will come out on the side of religion. Just one more letter, because the other letter relates to it. No one cares what people do in their own homes. That is until they try to force others to validate their lifestyle. What does validate their lifestyle? You know, <laughs> when, when I started teaching at Harvard, I remember a guy came up to me, I was up for tenure, and I was defending Israel. Um, it was the upcoming Six-Day War. And this professor, who was a good person who wanted to see me get tenure, said, 
Nobody minds that you're Jewish here, but you wear it on your sleeve. You're just too Jewish. And I said, look, if they want me as a professor, they have to take me as I am. And I'm very Jewish and I wear it on my sleeve. Uh, is that a validation? Um, again, it's nobody's business what you do behind closed doors, but it's nobody's business if you have gay rights demonstrations. That's part of our First Amendment. If you have gay rights marches, uh, if you demand gay marriage, that's part of being an American. You don't have to hide your religion. You don't have to hide your sexual preference. You don't have to hide your political views. Unless you live on Martha's Vineyard, then you have to hide your political views. If you want to have any friends, you can't be supportive of Republicans or you can't defend the president of the United States if you want to live on Martha's Vineyard. But I'm talking about the real world. In America, as distinguished from Martha's Vineyard, you can defend your views. You can ask the country to validate your views. And views get validated in lots of different ways. They get validated through having characters on television that are gay, that are married, etc. They're validated by, by laws. So I don't buy the distinction that you can do what you want behind closed doors, but don't try to get us to validate your lifestyle. Lifestyles, that's the court of public opinion. People want to follow the lifestyle, you can follow the lifestyle. If you want to reject the lifestyle, you can as long as you don't do it in a discriminatory fashion. So stay tuned. Um, you heard my predictions. If I'm wrong, I will replay the part of it which made my predictions. I wish everybody who made predictions about Supreme Court decisions would agree to replay their false uh, uh, conclusions. Uh, for me, it would be very, very rare. I don't think I've been wrong yet, but this time I may be. This time, I hope I am. I hope I'm wrong. I hope the Supreme Court comes out in favor of the gay couple that wants to get married. I know you will disagree. I know there'll be a lot of controversy about this show. Please show me your controversy. Scroll down. Write me your opinions. I will read them. No censorship on The Dirt Show. See you tomorrow.